All right, guys, episode 44 of the podcast with the homie Miguel. You might know him as the real Miggy. And we talked about his process of producing, how we got into music, and just a lot more. The project that he's dropping with Connor, Hector, and Lyra, or Heck Adaptive and Lyra. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace. Oh, we're live already? Yeah, we're live. <laughs> What's up? How's it going? What were you... Um, what were you up to? What studio were you at? I was at a uh, Connor studio right now. Um, oh we, shit! He had some people from LA come through, um, who we've previously worked with, and I guess another singer also came through. Really great singers. Um, I know her name is Sandy Joe. Um, the producer, the producer came through. His name is Toxic, and I didn't catch the name of the other person we're working with. Okay. I think it was like Taylor Bell or something like that. Yeah, I wanted to ask you like about those artists how did you end up meeting them or was it connor that so, met them on so Insta? connor has this producer friend out in la um his name is toxic and you know whatever friendship or business friendship they have you know um he'll usually call connor to work on some stuff or connor will call him toxic to work on some stuff and that's how you know well at least that's how i've met you know those artists specifically mm. But um, I don't really have much of a business relationship with them. It's just kind of like I'm there. I think one of the singers is working on a beat that both me and Connor produced. And that's what they were recording right now. Um, but I left while they were recording that. So oh, I, okay. I, I don't know what it's going to sound like. You were saying the other day, it's, this is your lunch break, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing, you and Connor have been just making a lot of beats together, huh, recently? yeah yeah how's that going uh, it's like, been going pretty good i mean i usually don't do well collaborating with other producers only because i don't play any instruments mm. i don't um i think that's just the thing i don't play any instruments i rely heavily on samples so my sound is very you know heavily uh sample based yeah. so and connor he plays instruments um i believe he plays the piano and um well, I've only ever seen him play the piano and some bass, but, um, yeah, I mean, me and him have been working pretty well lately. Um, so well enough that we've been collaborating on a project together, yeah, for um, real. which is the Los Vigilantes, but we could talk about that, you know, like later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, me and him pretty great fit so far. Uh, no complaints. I mean, not only have we been producing for like. Uh, this project but you know we've also been producing for other artists like in the area for sure collaborating on shit and so far we haven't really made a bad beat well, at least for i'm sure. being biased obviously but you know yeah shit's pretty good shit so how long when was the first time that you can remember when you were like i want to start making beats or like when was the first time you opened up a daw so initially, uh, my love for hip hop started with hate because I honestly didn't like it. Um, I was more into like the alternative, you know, music of of my time, like the early two thousands. So what's that like? I don't know, just like whatever the fuck <gasps> was on the radio, like uh, I don't know, whatever whatever VH1 was playing on their top twenty countdown, oh, basically. That's hard. And then uh, the songs that I remember 
that I did hear that were hip hop was just shit like ludicrous, like move, bitch, yeah, get out yeah. the way. Get, and I, I didn't know, I didn't like that shit. Like, I mean, now I like it, but like, uh, hearing it, I didn't really like hip hop. And my sister, who was uh, not into hip hop, but she played hip hop, she, you know, she'd be just be bumping it, and eventually it won me over. It started with like these like local mixtapes from you know these local areas from shows that she would go to um that i was like okay like this is pretty cool like this is pretty hard but it wasn't until like me going to the swap meet and buying a cd for myself like just i just bought the a random hip-hop cd which was uh mob deep's murder music which is like the one thing that i always tell people was like yeah my love for hip-hop this is like the thing that that made me want to go like oh i want to get into whatever this is oh wow what 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 year was that? Do you uh, remember or like what? I was really time? young, so I mean, I think that album came out like in two thousand and two, but I don't think I bought it like right away when it came out. So I was maybe like in third, fourth grade whenever I heard that tape. Mm. So I mean, from there, like, um, it made me want to go like, okay, I really want to get into this. Like, I need to figure out how to get into it, but I didn't know what sampling was at the time. So, like, you ever heard uh? Rick James, Don't Touch Me, and then MC Hammer's... Yeah, you can't... Uh, can't t- or I don't know the title of it, but... No, Rick James, like, whatever Rick James' song is, and then MC Hammer's Don't Touch Me. Yeah. Um, at first, I was like, oh, this guy's just copying... He just he just stole that song. Like, I didn't understand that, like, he sampled the song. Oh. So I was just okay. like, uh, oh, shit, like, people could do that. That's one way of making music, which kind of brought, like, this motivation and inspiration to me. They're like, oh, maybe I could get into this because all it is is just basically using other people's music and then to create your own thing. But I didn't honestly start getting into the production side of it until like high school when I got my first computer. Mm. And the DAW, the very first DAW, which isn't really a DAW that I used, was Audacity. Same. I think I think that was the first recording software that I used was Audacity. That's yeah. like the classic program. Yeah, and like everybody, I think everybody's like used audacity yeah. as a dot at one point to start off that or like a cracked version of fl which i also used yes yeah, because um you know i don't know i mean audacity is cool but there is no <gasps> there's no bars to it so you really have to like um n- maneuver like a snare or move like a kick to like by the second there's no like oh you yeah there's move. no grid on there's the no grid on there so yeah. you just have to move it by the second and so I, I was doing that for a long time and then fl um was the next doll that i used and i used that for a very long time but i never got the satisfaction of like what because you would you see these beat makers or at least the beat makers that i grew up watching they have like this beat machine and you know they're chopping up you know uh on the machine and i never got that satisfaction using fl so when i started working the first thing i did with my very first check was i bought like machine i think it was like the mk2 and from then i feel like that's when my level of production like really went up because i was actually because on on fl i know it has the fruity slicer right Mm -hmm. so you're able to chop it up but it's it's kind of time consuming it's It's not the same it's not the same as like you know pressing a button and you know chopping it up like that yeah so on fl i felt like it was very time consuming um it just took and then like 
sometimes you you get into this habit of like you're just gonna loop the first eight eight bars of a song or something that you like mm -hmm. like four bars and then you're just not gonna listen to the rest of the song because of how time consuming it was just to slice those um slices you know what i mean uh, so you were you were um you were individually slicing samples and then throwing them on the grid is yeah that, yeah so that is pretty <laughs> yeah because uh i didn't want to just slice like for example four bars like from start from from start and then like four bars and then just throw that on the grid because because then um that got me into the habit of just looping that and not really exploring the rest of the song yeah that does make sense yeah so then once i started working on machine you know i was able to listen through the song and then just slice up the bits that i liked like uh, manually or sometimes um i would do it through transients like it would go through the song and just like slice up the pieces for you and then just throw it onto uh the pads and you know just have fun and shit like that yeah so how many how many pads are uh, is it like 16 or is it it's 16 it's uh so when we, i when you mess with the transients mm -hmm. um how was it for you knowing like where like you'd want a sample like finding a part of the sample like um so for example this is like really old school like because i don't really do this anymore um i do do it but it's just like and when i think about how i used to do it, it's kind of like crazy um i would listen to the whole song so i say for example i'm sampling from a record right mm -hmm. i would have to put the record um and just listen through it and sometimes i'll f while i'm listening to it, i'm like oh this sounds good this sounds good and then I'll just flip it over and then just go through records. Because what I used to do is I would binge record records, if that makes sense. So for me, it wasn't like, oh, I found the sample. I'm going to load it up on here and just make a beat on the spot. No, I'd spend like an hour or two because I would go to the record shops. I would buy a ton of records, sometimes like 30 at a time, just then go home <clears throat> and spend like an hour just recording or listening through those records. Oh, Okay. So it was really time consuming just listening to it and then sometimes I'll throw it onto the beat pad and it's nothing, you know what I mean? It's like either I found something or I didn't find something and that that shit was also the time consuming too because mm. like I got into those habits again where it's like, oh, I found this four-part loop and then I would not even listen to the rest of the song. But luckily, the way I produce now I'm able to go through the whole song without actually having to listen to the whole song. Mm. And it's like a plugin and that I don't know if a lot of producers know about, but it's a plugin that's helped me a lot from watching like this Jake one. Do you know who Jake one is? No. So he's a, he's a producer. Um, the most notable beat that I think you might know that he produced was John Cena's theme song. He, damn, that's hard. So he produced that shit. Dude, I know John Cena had a dope-ass fucking mixtape. I don't know if he did any production for that, too. I think he made three beats for him. That's hard. That's that's about that's my extent, because I remember watching a, him break down the beat. I didn't even know he produced it, and I was following him for a while. I don't think it's something that he talks about a lot. He's, like, obviously proud about it because he's become, like, a meme. It's, like, yeah, pop sure culture type shit. he doesn't want to, like, be known for... Yeah, pop uh, culture, because yeah. I didn't know he was known for that. I more more know him for, like, other productions. Like, have you ever heard of the group Tuxedo? Negative. Negative. So, it's more, like, disco, 
whatever he's he's part of that group it's like a stone i believe it's a stone throws like oh okay artist band thing but anyways yeah so he produced that and through watching a lot of his uh you know him just breaking down beats i i've just watched like what kind of plugins he used and one of the plugins that he talked about was this one called serato sample which if you're familiar with the name serato it's it's more like it's like dj shit Mm -hmm. so he said well you know during this tutorial was like you know ever since i started using this like it's completely changed my workflow and i was like okay you know I should probably check this out if he's saying like once he started using it it completely changed his workflow he's working a lot faster i was like i should take a look at it and so then luckily when i went to go you know f- uh buy it it was 50 percent off and i'm just saying this because like you could find this 50 percent off somewhere i believe you could also rip it for free i don't know i used to just rip a lot of my shit for free but lately i've just been paying for it just because you know I don't want to run into that issue where it's like one day I'm open up a project file and then it's like, you know, the feds finally caught up to me and they're Fucking like, in that one pic of Kanye in the studio and they, you seen that one? No. Like uh, in the studio there was a rip version of uh, FL oh. and they finally caught on to what they were doing. Well, no, not not that. Like I'm not afraid of getting caught. I'm just afraid of like opening it and then because, uh, for example, my computer decided to update uh, whatever software that I you know alleged you know ripped or whatever yeah it's not gonna want to open anymore and i'm just gonna lose like thousands oh, of like you know like songs yeah for sure for sure so that's why i i don't the only r- stolen plugin that i have it's not stolen you know because you know you can find them for free like the only one that is this one called valhalla it's like a reverb but i don't even use that only because now i'm just afraid of like you know having a session and then having this great song and then not and then in the future not being able to use it because i use this one stolen plugin mm. you know what i mean so i like usually tend to not steal plugins anymore sure. or use rip versions of them anymore i yeah. just pay for them now i mean that makes sense but i don't even remember why we started talking about that uh chop samples and like chop sam- serato yeah. sample yeah so, so serato sample and this is for like any producer because I, I sometimes i get like hit up i'll be like dude how do you you know do this or how do you hit do that and i'm like serato sample sometimes like i'll i'll comment on somebody's like ig story and i'll be like ah oh, dude you should use serato sample ever because ever since i found out about it i just been wanting to tell everybody about it <laughs> so what serato sample does is um for one thing it's a sampler kind of like fruity slicer just yep. to give people reference in case they don't know what i'm talking about uh-huh. and they know what fruity slicer is so it's like fruity slicer you could individually do the thing where you just cut up things or say you could um say you know the um or you could do a random slicer will just randomly slice things for you like you'll mm-hmm. just i'll just put markers randomly throughout throughout the sample or um um, you could do what's the other one? I think it's like the transient one where it's like it, it finds like the peaks of the sample, yeah, and that's where whatever it'll do. And then there's another one called Find Me Samples, or I believe that's what it's called. And what it does is through its uh, algorithm or whatever, it'll look for the best parts of the song that it believes is like the most sampleable out of whatever you load into it. Damn. And the coolest thing it has the best time stretch i've ever used 
on anything so for example so say like the sample is like 167 bpms or something but you need it to be like at 93 or 76 or something like that it'll put it on there for you like at that bpm it'll finds the bpm or it, it, it automatically it, it automatically snaps it to that bpm oh, that's hard. like all the markers that you put it'll yeah. snap it into that bpm that's so you don't have to like uh struggle with like pitching it up or down or whatever also it tells you the the key it's in so you don't have to struggle with like um figuring out like ah fuck like what what is this or you know whatever like yeah. if you in case you want to add a bass or add your own instrumentation to it and so shit like that has been really helpful for me in terms of like production because it's like one for one it snaps it to whatever bpm i i want it to and two it tells me the key it's in there's so, this really good uh website called TuneBat. yeah i'm not you you probably know about it i don't know about it but yeah it's um for people listening TuneBat. it's a free website that you can find the key of whatever sample you're using and that's yeah. what i use so there's a lot of free things you can, for example there's this other thing that i use called the rx7 which is another thing that i bought solely because jake one said that he used it and yeah. he said that it's like really great and i know this is a service that's for free but the way this software in particular does it it's just a lot more cleaner and smoother but mm. it's 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 um you basically load up a track and it separates the stems for you so for example if you just want oh the, shit. so for example if you just want the acapella to like a song because you want to remix it you throw it onto the rx7 and it's and um it's you it isolates that vocal for you or it could isolate the bass or it could I isolate the keys and guitar or it could isolate the drums which is something that i use it for a lot of the time it's just to isolate drum drum breaks that i've always wanted to sample but was unable to because it had like so much like instrumentation on it mm -hmm. but now with the rx7 um i'm able to just load it up get the kicks and snares that i that sounds so great in this drum break and just reuse it for my production yeah so one of my favorite things that i i used it for is like i took in the uh the breaks from a led zeppelin song isolated those and just throw it into my production because wow. a lot of a lot of my production i do like a lot of fills i do like a lot of crashes i do like snare rolls all that shit and sometimes i can't get that from like um you know from me just padding it out because sometimes it's well it's difficult but if i'm able to just isolate them from a led zeppelin song and you know just fine-tune it a little here and there that's great so plugins yeah that i recommend serato sample and isotopes rx7 isotopes okay so but so, but the isotopes rx7 i know there's a free version of it online that you could just upload your like a song to it's a website i don't know the website name i just know that that's something that is free and i believe kanye west has a similar service you remember that little thing the that oh, little yeah, ball the, that, came, that yeah, isolates yeah. like uh donda's uh-huh so he came out with a similar service where it separates everything for you upload a song so it's so you're able to upload the song into into that the thing, thing so you could have isolated whatever so i mean if you're looking into it you could just look up something that will isolate in, like the instruments for you or you could look up kanye west's shit that does it as well but i heard it's not that good mm. i i was listening to your your songs that you have on itunes today which 
Oh, I, by the way, I scrubbed a lot of my music. Yeah, I was like, D- there's not that much on there. I, I didn't know if they're on SoundCloud or... No, um, I delete a lot of my shit, to be honest. I, I was thinking, going into this new year, like, I don't really want to have... I think, because even though I didn't... I think I released, like, seven projects throughout the whole year. But even though it wasn't a lot, I was just thinking, like, you know, I feel like I'm starting to work with a lot more people and there's just a lot of things in the in in the works behind the scenes that i don't really talk about uh that i don't really want to have these tracks out anymore like i don't want to release beat tapes anymore basically because uh i don't know like even though i do have people listening to them and that's great i don't think people really i think people would go more into my shit knowing that there's somebody like on top of it you know what i mean Mm. Yeah, and the song that I was listening to was uh, Bringing the Hearses. Bringing the Hearses. And what you're talking about with the drum fills and the just the production, it makes sense what you're saying. You, you like drum fills. You like um, like drums. Yeah, and then the opposite is also true where I sometimes I just like the simple kick, snare, kick, yeah. snare. It just really depends on the vibe of the song. Sure. But a lot of the time I'll start with a simple like, kick snare kick snare and then eventually i'll just switch out the drums later for something else but but um yeah oh that's one thing i want to do i wanted to talk about too is um crate digging and what your process if any um like if you go out if you just go out randomly to go to record stores or what you look for in a record or (laughs) i think we talked about the freaking i think somebody said that they if there's like a naked girl on it they'll buy it that was the homie um um blue no 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 um his name's right there kelly Cal- 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 yeah 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 so um i've heard that too but i've bought in some records where some you know a girl's topless on on the front and they were whack but well, i guess for I, you like what's what's the uh is there a certain thing that you look for or is it just something that catches your eye um i remember when i was first into crate digging my approach was like if there's black people on the cover get it yeah if there's black people and white people on the cover get it if there's a pretty woman smiling at you on the cover don't get it (laughs) wait what what the fuck why because they usually tend to be orchestral pieces so back in the day to sell like uh for example lounge music um they would put just a pretty girl on the cover so you would you would you, think when you'd pick it up you're gonna listen to a, a, you know this girl sing but no it's an equ- orchestral band or like a lounge you know just some kind of like big piece band playing yeah so i wonder if that's true for japanese stuff because i think if like uh, a lot of the old stuff i think that woman usually is singing which one i don't know like i think i have a few here that um that there's like a pretty japanese woman on the cover and well usually my my tip for like if you're gonna go crating is like um just if there's a pretty woman on there just make sure you read what it is because usually when i buy records i buy blindly now so there's no real method to the madness it's just like um this looks cool um this looks cool this looks cool that's really it um i know some people like to like to um grab a record and then just like go listen to it i don't like to do that 
only because like that defeats the fun of it of just like whether or not this could be good or bad because mm. um that's half the fun for me it's just like knowing like this is gonna be either really there's gonna be something really great mm. or it's gonna be really garbage it's kind of like scratching a lotto ticket it's like yeah like you know you're not gonna win but the excitement is like when you're scratching it you know what i mean yeah well one thing that um for me is that when i'm looking for a vinyl uh, and i'm looking for a specific sound yeah. i'll go based off of the art so like previously i was looking for like a psychedelic trippy um kind of sound yeah. and then i would look for like cosmos or just trippy ass covers um yeah and i don't know that's that's something that i was doing so um for me i think for a while there's like also you you could look at the label or whoever's like releasing it so for example psychedelic stuff i i think you would want to look for a label that says atcq i think that's mm. like the record label from like i could be wrong i um, this is just basically me trying to remember from memory yeah. um i believe it's a record label from like the 60s or 70s that pushed out a lot of that like you know that new sound that was coming out that psychedelic sound mm -hmm. so i think i believe the band iron butterfly is under that label so if so if i'm wrong anybody could just you know name check you know yeah. just google that shit later like if iron butterfly is part of atcq then i was right and you would want to look out for those labels for like that psychedelic sound because that's mm. that was a label that i believe was pushing out like that kind of sound for that era there's another one dude i actually like have it right here i want to i want to just look real quick <coughs> Can't find it. No. Uh, no, I can't find it. But yeah, I don't know. Can't find it. Yeah, that's all right. Fuck it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, records are cool, but that's not. I mean, I'll I'll do it every now and then. Like right now, um, I think the other day or last week, I did a. Me and Connor went uh, crate digging. And it was the first time that I've honestly bought records because I don't, as much as I love re um, recording from records, I don't really do that anymore. Only because, um, for one, it's, uh, takes up real estate in the house. So you got, always got to remember that. Like they're really huge. They take up real estate. So you don't want to yeah. buy too many, but I, I remember that used to be my thinking because I admire Alchemist's uh, studio and he has like this wall that's maybe this big of just like towers and towers of records and mm -hmm. even like sometimes you you'll see him record in the hallway or something and there's just like spilling into the hallway so you don't want to buy too many records yeah like it's cool like i would definitely love to have something like that but you know not at my house yeah yeah and then another thing is that um it's just a lot of money that you would be spending so sure, for sure. example i mean in my heyday when i was really really sampling records 
And like I'll re- always remember this. There was a bookstore next to Grady's Records. So it's Grady's Records Refuge. That's usually where I used to go. Mm. Um, actually, that's where I go a lot of the time when, uh, when I first started sampling records. And next door was a bookshop. The bookshop, you know, it was like whatever. It's a bookshop. Two dying industries next to each other. Obviously, Grady's Records prevailed, but this bookshop was closing down one day. Mm. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a nice guy. I'm gonna, I walked into the bookshop. So it was a out-of-business sale. A lot of these books were, you know, like slashed 75% off, 50% off, or just shit like that. So I bought a lot of books that um, that I've read before and some books that looked interesting. And I remember it costing 100 bucks, And I was like, fuck. So then I was like, all right, I guess there goes my, you know, record-buying business or, or budget. Yeah. So then I was like, you know what? I'll just buy, you know, a couple records. I ended up just buying seven records that day at Grady's Refuge. So right after spending 100 bucks at the bookstore, I was like, I'm just going to go buy some, you know, a couple records. They ended up being 100 bucks too. Seven records. So not only not only is it does it take up real estate, it could be really expensive just sure. to buy records to record from. And so I don't really that's an, that's two of the reasons why I don't really buy uh record from records anymore i still do it but it's not the prominent way i do it i think the more modern way people are are are, uh sampling is through youtube Mm -hmm. which is fucking amazing it is and i'm gonna put you guys on some game yeah in in case you don't know how to sample from youtube and there's two ways that i could think of you could do it there's three ways i could think of you could do it one is downloading a plugin or they're not called plugins what are they called extensions like i think it's an extension on like on yeah so say yeah. you have chrome i don't know how it works on firefox or any other but on google chrome which is the one that i use um there's an extension called i'm blanking on it but i'm pretty sure if YouTube you YouTube to mp3 no no no. i'm nah. pretty no i'm pretty sure if you look up like uh record record extension for google chrome it'll pop up but basically it's a little record button icon that would be on your browser and whenever you click on it whatever audio is playing on your browser it'll record it mm. so that's one way you could do it which is i'll use that for like for example i don't want to download a whole like youtube video like turn it into an mp3 or a wave i'll just like record that just the little pieces that i need oh okay another way you could do it is what you were saying which is youtube to mp3 but i don't recommend downloading them as mp3s Mm. Uh, I do. I can't really tell you why. I just know that it's frowned upon. That's all I know. So you're every, using every waves? Is that waves? So yeah. every every producer uh, engineer that I could think of, MP3s are frowned upon, and I think it has to do with like that you're losing a lot of those like frequencies or anything. Like me personally, I don't hear it, but because it's something in the community that everybody knows about, it's something that you have to follow. I just follow it. I'm not following it blindly. I'm sure, like, to an engineer, like, you know, Im- they could hear it. And sometimes I'm on TikTok or sometimes I'm on Instagram because of the things that I do or whatever. I get a lot of, like, producer, like, memes. And one of the memes is, like, this guy really just sent me an MP3 file. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't recommend YouTube to MP3, but that's, I'm only saying it based off of, like, just the people that i i follow that's what they say so that's the only reason why i don't i wouldn't recommend it but that's one of your options that you could use there's also you youtube to 
to um wave that you could probably find so instead that's of, hard yeah i don't i don't know it but i'm pretty sure there is one another one that i i use and this is the one that i use a lot to sample from from youtube um and it's called loader.to so what it does is is that it you instead of just uh downloading one song um using youtube to mp3 or youtube to wave or whatever mm. And having to wait for that one song to download, and then you say you want to just download a bunch of shit at the same time, it's time consuming. Just having to click on one, go on to the next one, and say you don't have YouTube, you have YouTube ads, so you click on the next one, fucking ad. And you gotta wait for that ad in order to get the the link, because if you copy that link, it's just gonna be the link to the ad. Oh, there's a, sorry, sorry to cut you off. There's a dope, uh, I don't know if you use ad blocker, but you can use ad blocker. It's an extension on Google Chrome. And you could use it on YouTube? Yes, I and it blocks ads, so you don't have to uh, worry about watching ads. Dope. All right, saves a lot of time. Do you mean like ads, as in like the ones that just the little banners, or do you mean the uh, actual like ads in the videos? Pretty much those in the video and uh, banners as well. Like so pretty much all ads. The mid rolls. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I was just I was legit just having this conversation with my girl yesterday or last night because she plays a. Uh, those like eight hour videos of like sleep you know what i mean like oh, the yeah. ones that just play like like soothing sounds and she has um she has youtube premium so she doesn't get ads and then i was i was talking oh. to her uh, i was telling her wouldn't it suck like if you didn't have youtube premium and then like every like six or seven minutes you would just get an ad and because you fall asleep you can't skip the ad and because youtube's you know garbage they'll just keep playing another ad after the other ad instead of just going back to your video so you're just asleep to a, a shit ton of ads. That'd be fucked. And you're sleeping and you're getting uh, subconscious ads that, into your brain. What, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like that kind of that kind of sucks for people that don't have that. But yeah. anyways, like um, this there's this uh, website called Loader.to, which basically um, lets you download a shit ton of YouTube songs, and you could choose you you could choose whatever pr- uh, preference of. A for, or whatever format you want it in so for example if you wanted an mp3 for whatever reason you would want it in an mp3 maybe um you just want it to listen to you could download it in mp3 say you want it in wave you could have it in wave say you want it in mp4 which i don't know what that is but that's one of your options uh, you could do it or say you want to download the video you can do it um it what it does is you you could either create a playlist of 20 songs or you could you could look for playlists i have certain youtubers that i go to for these playlists i'm not going to tell you them yeah because you know secrets yeah uh but um i just go through their playlist i load them i put them onto loader.to and then download the first 20 then adjust the settings so it downloads the next 20 adjust the settings downloads the next 20 and then in like say like seven minutes i have 100 songs that i could sample from that's hard and that's honestly just been the secret of my production is just making sure that i have um samples at hand so people that are that know me and i i've been in studios with they're just like damn maybe you like you, you make that shit really quick well i'm already eliminating the me having to look for a sample yeah, yeah. me just like having to be like ah oh, fuck like i only have like these five samples to sample from or something no i got like thousands that i could choose from mm. and it's just it's just it's just a matter of like me seeing what file i have them under because i categorize everything like i have a men's file ladies file 
uh, Western Europe file, uh, Eastern Asia file. I have French library, a French library. Then I have uh, Latin, whatever fucking file, this and that. So um, I'm always categorizing by like what genre of music. And the one that I always heavily rely on, and um, now I'm not, I'm, I don't mind saying it, but like, is this one called uh, Eastern Asian file? which mm. is where i get a lot sure. of my sounds like a lot a lot of props that i usually get from my production is like oh dude like i really like that i was like yeah i always tell him like oh yeah it's a korean song yeah that's what i always say is like oh yeah i got it from a korean song or like oh yeah it's a chinese song or just something like that or something about the way their music from the 70s it's i don't crazy it's dude. really good yeah like even a lot of their city pop 80s shit like it's really great so i'm always pulling heavily from from that genre i don't I don't know if like if it's an influence. It probably it probably is an influence for me because like when you when you ask somebody like what are your influences, you, like you want to think about like the artists that you listen to growing up, right? Mm. But now when I when somebody asks me that, I was like, what are your influences? I'm just like, probably Eastern Asian music. I don't know because like that's where I, I tend to uh, navigate to when I'm thinking like what do I want to sample? I'm like Eastern Asian music. I want to look up 19 1970s is like usually the year that I'm always like sampling from the pocket that I'm sampling from. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about that year. And I'm, I'm not unique to this. Everybody gravitates to, like, 1970s, pr- like, you know, produced music. What if it's a lot of the jazz? Is it, like, jazzy stuff? I really I really don't no. know. But if you listen to, like, a lot of music, like, heavily sampled music, it's all from the 70s. Yeah. And I, and I think it has to do with, like um the 60s being not so great at you know producing tracks i don't mean like the songs from the 60s aren't good but i'm just meaning like the techniques that they were using and sometimes it was so hit and miss so for example you could have something like the beatles where it's like whoa like you know those drums like you could really hear them punching and you could hear the bass like everything's like you know you know so clear but then you could have something like Jimi hendrix which i'm not saying it's bad bad production but who they recorded everything from the, the amps they had just microphones to the amps instead of like um where the beatles they just straight recorded into a console yeah. so they could get a clearer sound someone like Jimi hendrix in the 60s same same around the same time was just recording from like an amp and that's why it just sounds like so like not raw but it's just louder it just sounds more it it, it seems like uh the 60s were a big ex- experimental phase yeah and then after the after that through the 70s it was more refined more yeah and that's what i think it is the, and that's what i was trying to get to yeah because uh the infancy of the infancy of hip-hop started in the 80s like early 80s mid 80s around there so I mean, what were they going to do? Sample from the music of their times? Yeah. No, they're going to go maybe like a decade back. And I think that's what it is. And then I think because a lot of the, you know, hip hop music that we were, we were listening to is just them recording or sampling stuff from a decade back. So I think that's kind of carried through. And now that we're being exposed to more music from like other, other, um, you know, uh, I was gonna say worlds, regions, uh, regions, yeah. countries, and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. I think we're we're learning. You know, the seventies is like where where it was at in terms of like sa- you know sampling music. Mm, for sure, for sure. Even dude, even uh, the Eastern Asian uh, like TV show uh, 
soundtracks those are crazy too yeah so yeah. that was that's another thing that i was gonna you know, I, I don't think it was another thing i was gonna talk about but like another one of the things that popped into my head are just the soundtracks from like um any asian film it could be from it's the 60s right. 70s 80s any of them they're just fucking amazing they are yeah um i remember buying because by the way y- there's a, a bunch of different ones you could uh buy buy records or just rip them so one of the most common things especially if you're on a budget or you don't really want to waste money and you want to get into sampling sample from youtube Mm -hmm. sample from spotify if you have spotify by the way spotify is a really great tool to um sample as well um but for that you're going to need like an interface and a way to record into into Mm. something so um but spotify i have two I, i pay for two um music music streaming services uh-huh. <coughs> and it's apple music which is what i use to um listen to like my own personal um things that i like so that's like the stuff that i listen to daily my spotify account is the really experimental one it's just random shit that i look up interesting it's um um <coughs> by the way I, i'm not saying you should have to to music streaming services the only reason why i have it is because i have um i believe i have spotify through a student account and i believe i think i only have two more years left so i have have spotify for free okay so that's the only reason why i have two i'm not like rich balling out paying for two fucking services you know what i mean like a lot of the things that I, i i watch like for example my streaming services like hulu and all that stuff it's i have them for free luckily because through student services and HBO Max, I have that for free because uh, my phone, it goes with my phone or something. But anyways, uh, Spotify, if you have it, I don't know what kind of sorcery that they do over there, but their algorithm to like make sure that you listen to like-minded shit that you look up is amazing. And that's why I only use it for that because I'm on that s- streaming service. I'm only listening to like Latin music. I'm only listening to like Asian music. I'm listening mm. to like African like shit you know what i mean yeah yeah. so yeah. that way like the algorithm next time i go in it's just like you might like this and it's just just giving me a shit ton of of, of of stuff that's hard and yeah so with that it's um it's just been amazing but like i was saying if you want to sample budget free you know on a budget youtube if you want to buy records without having to take up that real estate be like you still want the experience of like of hearing otherworldly shit because sometimes it's not a lot of the stuff isn't on youtube so the only way to get it is like actually buying a physical copy yeah or something but another way you could do is just buying the wave form of that album of the record so you if i don't know if you i don't know what you would google or go on instagram for this for but like for example on my instagram because a lot of the tags that i use are like vinyl or you know a lot of things i look up are vinyl and i follow like a lot of like vinyl uh centric profiles on instagram Mm -hmm. um i get advertised a lot of vinyl sellers Mm -hmm. and what they'll do is like they'll sell a physical copy of like this this rare 1970s original soundtrack of like this korean movie that we've never heard of and you could buy the physical copy or for like for like 20 bucks plus shipping or you could buy the wave of that of that album for like 10 bucks and you just you just send them like uh 10 bucks on whatever cash app or whatever the fuck he's using 
Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I've done that before where I've bought like soundtracks like that through through um through Instagram cuz you know I still want to hear worldly shit, otherworldly shit. Mm. But I don't want the physical copy of the record. So you could mm. you could do that or you could build up some credibility and people will just start sending you shit. Like just last year people started sending me like um record like record waves which i thought was pretty great Sorry. and because of the relationships that i've built up with some of these uh profiles i sell them like they're they're happy to like be like hey dude like you know well, this or that and then i'll just do like like some promotion i'll just be like hey you know like i'll say like hey i this person's you know provided me this sample because mm. um a lot of that market is people that just want to have like listen to like appreciate like other other countries music and do want to have it but i know their main market is like samplers and samplers producers. and producers so yeah. sometimes i'll get like samples from people and they're like can you you know just like promote this and i'm like sure why not i don't Sad. mind it i mean i'm not at that point where like i'm making money money off of it but you know one day i'll get there soon soon so, uh so you mentioned you've been you've been working with producers or you've been working with more artists and then one artist that you've been working on with is Esperancita. Yeah. The one that I've seen recently, right? Yeah. And then there's Lyra, there's like there's Heck Adaptive. So yeah, so um we'll circle back to Esperancita, but Lyra yeah. is actually the most recent person that I've been working with. Yeah. And it was honestly uh oh, I wasn't sure if it was recording or not. It is recording. No, but I couldn't hear myself, but now uh, I get uh, a little uh, bit more closer. Oh, okay, I'm able okay. To hear myself, oh, for sure. But Lyra um, is the most recent addition to, like, the roster of people that I work with. And it was just, um, I was on Instagram one day because um, for a good a good minute, um, I didn't want to work with anybody. Or I, I, was, I didn't want to just work with anybody because uh, either f- I was depressed or I was just, like, I was just wasn't motivated to, like, really want to work with anybody. Uh, I was still working with people, but just, like, the, the close-knit circle of people that i that i usually work with but one day i was just you know making beats and then i i was i i think i was following lyra or something but his name had to come up previously because i think hector heck adaptive um was just said like oh that this fool could really rap his ass off or something like that he was commenting on something i didn't see what he was commenting on but i was like okay lyra just just was in my head okay and then it was just one day where i think i hit up hector and i was like hey do you want to come through to record something i was like really motivated to want to do work on something that day and he's i think he said he couldn't so then i was like sitting there and i think i had messaged uh mongrel which you you know mongrel night from 91 mm-hmm. i also messaged him and he had said that he was going he's going to work today so he couldn't so then i was like who the fuck else can i hit up and then i was like you know what? I'm going to hit up somebody new. So then I messaged um, Lyra. I looked up his name. And I was like, okay, we're following each other. Cool. So I just messaged him. I don't need, I'm like, and and I have a weird way of like, uh, uh, you know, messaging people sometimes. Sometimes I'll be like, well, I mean, I've learned not to be like too, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, for example, say I really want to work with somebody, right? I'm not going to be like, uh, one way you could message them is gonna be like, "Hey, bro, let's work." Yeah, <laughs> hey, bro, let's work. Or it could be like, "Hey, if you're not busy, already wrong." 
Yeah. Or you could be like, come through right now. That's what that's legit what I texted him. I was just like, hey, come through right now. Um, right now I'm making beats. Let's work. <laughs> they don't even give him an option or don't even like, hey, if you're not busy, I'm just assuming he's not busy. I'm just like, hey, come through right now. Yeah. He did not come through right now because he was like, I work. And I was like, fuck. So then, you know, a week passes by and then, um, you know, I'm just kind of working on stuff. And then he messages me. He's like, hey, so when are we going to work? And I was like, in my head, I'm like, oh, I, you had that opportunity last week to work. I'm not going to give it to you, you know, again. But he's, but then he said, um, I didn't say that. But in my head, I was saying that. I was like, I don't really want to hit you up again, to be honest. <laughs> you had your opportunity last week. But then he's like, you know, I think he said something about not being busy today. Like, you know, he's down to come through. And I'm like, fuck it. So he comes through. And then I make a beat for him on the spot, which is if you want to go on Apple Music, it's Lawanda. So I make that beat on the spot. And just from there we've just been creating jesus bro and fucking hector's verse on that shit yeah was crazy yeah and i'm just gonna say this right now only because like i've i think i'm the only one who notices it and i'm pretty sure everybody i mean i'm i'm hoping people notice this yeah but um i kind of fucked up when uploading that file so um on the project file I had this plugin called R Bass on because the bass was a little too rattly for my taste. Mm. So, and the R Bass does a really great job in just like kind of, you know, meeting some frequencies, like those bass frequencies, so it doesn't sound too loud. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I uploaded, I submitted it, and, you know, I went to work. I told everybody, I told them, like, hey, I just submitted it. It's going to be out next week. Cool? Cool. So then. I gave them the project, you know, the, the wave. I sent them the, the song, so they're listening to it. And I told them, just listen to it in the car. Th tell me if it sounds good. I had already did it the night prior, but, you know, my car might be different than their car, you know, just shit like that. So usually before I release a song, I'll listen to it, obviously, in, on my monitors. Mm -hmm. I have these really shitty uh, earbuds that I'll listen to them through. Mm -hmm. Then I'll have, like, the Apple, the Apple earphones that come with your with your phone yeah listen to them through there then i'll go on my car then i'll listen to it on my girl's car and then um i'll play it off my phone like in a quiet room like i'll go say like uh my bedroom or the bathroom somewhere just quiet where there's not going to be a lot of noise just so i can hear what it sounds like when there's no noise like just playing it through your phone mm. then i'll then i'll go say in the living room have the tv on or something and just like listen to it like that just to see how it sounds and it was sounding all right i was like all right cool but then i started to doubt myself and i was like why do, why does it sound too wide it sounds wide if that makes sense it's well when i was listening to it it sounded like there was some sort of filter on it like it was it was kind of like vintage in a way yeah, so, yeah, yeah, but that wasn't the sound that I was going for for this. Yeah, yeah. Because originally when you hear it, it sounds not mono, but it sounds more centered. But when I was listening to it, when I was on my way to work, the bass didn't sound right anymore. And I was like, fuck. Like, it just didn't sound good. And it sounded like a really shitty mix. So then 
I when I got to work, I was like, I need to remix this really quick and re-upload it, and then and then um, so I did that, but the problem was I didn't have headphones on me, so I was like, fuck, one I don't have headphones, and then and then um I'll have with these earbuds, these JBL like Bluetooth you know earbuds. But they wouldn't, they connected to my computer, but they wouldn't connect to Pro Tools, mm. which is the DAW that I use. Um, so I couldn't play it off Pro Tools. So what I was doing was like, I was I was making changes on the DAW, bounce out, fuck. and then listen through, to them through the earbud. And then I was like, fuck. And looking back into it, when I think about it, I was like, I could have just not released it. You know what I mean? There was no like deadline. It was just legit, just me putting it out. Like, no, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, what what would the damage be if I d- didn't release it when I said it? You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like there. I have like a boss that would have been pissed the fuck off, and Hector and Lyra would have understood. Like, when if I told them like, oh, I uploaded it, but I uploaded the wrong one, so we're gonna have to wait until I could remix it. Yeah. But yeah, that's my only kind of like thing about that that I don't like about that song is that it just the mixing because i ended up just turning off the our bass and i feel like the bass just overtakes like that track and mm. like if you listen to it and just now knowing that I, I feel like you're gonna be like oh yeah this is a really shitty mix well i don't think i don't uh i don't know if it was for that track or bringing the hearses but i noticed that the drums and the bass on the drums weren't that loud I'm pretty sure it was bringing the hearses, but yeah, so bringing the hearses is a, yeah. uh, it's a very minimal production, yeah. and the reason why, and so those are actual conscious choices. It wasn't like, I was like, ah, fuck, like this just didn't have enough bass. It's I was going for like a more vintage vibe with, with that. That's one. what that, that's what I got. So out like of those. the drum, the drums are like really pillowy, if, if yeah. that makes sense to you. Yeah, like they're not like, mm-hmm. they're just like soft like little pillows that you're hearing and uh the bass on there is just like the bass of the of the guitar playing so i put it up a little but not too much because i still wanted it sound like a like this vintage like uh i don't know just like a vintage sound because like the guitar the guitar is very of that vintage sound so i just wanted to keep it instead of like you know thinning it out and then adding like a crazy 808 bass or some shit like that it just it would it's not the vibe for the track basically the vibe for the track is just very simple very uh not too bass heavy it's just it's just what it is sure and um also i asked i wanted to ask you about the like the vintage style so when you do that is do you put I, a i could i could just tell you what plugins i use like well, if, if anybody's really curious about it yeah so well the question was um do you have do you put that on the master because i noticed the vocals were kind of like vintage i don't know like the vintage as well mm-hmm. w- so so there's all right so just to run th- you through like an, a normal pr- you know plugins that i use all the time and um to get that sound so for example um there's this plugin called the Aphex stereo exciter Mm. it's a wave plugin i believe you could buy it for 30 bucks or you could wait until their website has a bullshit 90 percent off sale and i tell you it's bullshit because uh two weeks ago 
there's this plugin that I, I want to buy called CLA Drums, right? And the end of the year sale was like, oh shit, it's seventy percent off, and uh, add another whatever percent off, so the plugin's gonna cost you thirty dollars. And then I was like, okay, thirty bucks, whatever. Then I go this week, and they're like, we're having a ninety percent off, so the plugin is thirty dollars. So it's like, okay, they're just bullshitting these prices. Yeah. So no anyways, um it's called Apex Exciter. I honestly don't really know too sure what it really does, but again, it's one of those plugins that I bought solely because I saw another producer use it. Mm. And they were hyping it up and then I've just started using it. So I mean the best the I guess the honestly the closest thing I could probably compare it to is something like the Sound Goodizer on FL. Oh, I see. But like it's it's modeled after uh, an exciter like this vintage exciter from like it's an actual hardware that you could also buy but there's also a a, a plugin it's called a which is the apex um it's something that i use at the end of all my vocal chains mm, interesting because um it just gives it that extra oomph you know what i mean it just More makes saturation it not saturation no. it's just it, i don't know like i'm saying i don't know how to explain I can't explain to you what it does. You're just gonna have to hear it, like, yeah. And then you'll hear, it. and maybe the sound goodizer isn't the best like example that I could probably pull from, but that's kind of what I, I, I kind of picture it because if I remember right, the sound goodizer just makes it sound good. It, it makes it sound yeah, like it sounds like more beefier. Uh, it sounds like I think it sounds more saturated as well, yeah. and like so. I mean, that's the best point of reference I could probably give you with the apex exciter does and that's usually what i put i use it for my drums i use it for like whatever sample i'm using it just does something to it i don't know what it does or mm -hmm. i can't explain to you what it does but that's what it does um so for their vocals i mean it's just about getting like a really good take and luckily we recorded that here mm -hmm. using you know these microphones yeah so we were able to get like a really great you know uh recording and that's honestly the best thing you could you could do is just i mean you could use all the plugins in the world but if the tape that you're using is garbage and there's just so much like floor noise and just sure. just just a bunch of shit like clipping or the fucking know, uh sound of the refrigerator over there yeah just something like that <laughs> yeah like, i mean it's gonna be a garbage take no matter how many whatever plugins you, you use sure so i mean and um, then so there's there's apex and then there's what other um uh, plugins that i use yeah, for vocals. all right yeah. so if you really really want me to run through them i use a gate compressor mm. um um which basically just takes off all the noise you don't like the unnecessary noises that you don't want then i use uh something called um fuck what's the next one that i use so it's gate compressor nectar three which is an isotope plugin i think it's specifically for vocals and i have a a a, a preset that i made myself um that that basically it's like my go-to like i i i use my own preset and then i just kind of adjust it from there usually it's just taking off like reverb because uh the reverb on there is like really high so it's usually either taking off or just like putting a little bit on there mm. and then i use um R base, I believe that's that's how it goes. R base, which is uh, no, I use R compressor, which is another waste plugin. 
um, just to compress the vocals down. And then I use our bass to add a little bit bass to the to the um, the vocals because mm. nectar the, uh, at least in the preset that I have for nectar three, I remove a lot of those lower frequencies. Mm. So then after that, I'm just adding them back on. Oh shit! Which is um, I was talking with John with for Princess Pills yep. the other day and I was telling him because he was asking about my process with the vocals which with that song that I, I showed you the other day and Sean. then he's like so what's your process and I was like well I mean I was like I don't know if it's just me but I take off like the bass and then I just add it back on later he was like no dude that's a normal thing I was like I, I figured but like it's just weird that we do that you know what I mean that is interesting I, I've never I've always only just took off the bass into like a certain point yeah so i mean a lot of the rap that i listen to um one uh, one i'll give you example is boldy james so if you listen to like a boldy james track like his vocals are just so beefy yeah and i think what it is is just a lot of i mean you're the plugin that i'm talking about our bass basically control uh controls uh those those uh, lower frequencies Mm. so it sounds more it's like another one of those plugins that i i can't really explain it unless you hear it Mm mm-hmm because there's this preset on there called knock knock that like uh that um that's that's what it does it just makes the sound just knock like you know what i mean and then after that i'll use um fuck what would i use so it's gate compressor fucking nectar three r compressor r bass this thing called low band which is a thing that i'm using to take out the bass <laughs> so it's like something that takes the bass something that adds the bass and then something that takes the bass again interesting and then um i'm using i believe i believe at the end of that i'm using the apex any like sort of uh de-essers or eq stuff that you use uh so the nectar three which which is what i'm saying is like specifically tailored for um for vocals uh-huh. has the deesser in there so with uh. within that that nectar 3 plugin there's a deesser an eq compressor and um a bun- a gate and a bunch of other shit so it's like i already have it on there unless like i feel like it really needs another deesser i'll add it cuz um that's another thing that i I've, I've learned it's like you could there's a lot of people that just over like use plugins and yeah. sometimes that's okay but then there's people that say you shouldn't use too many plugins because that's not okay but luckily I, I don't know but luckily but um one of the cool things about pro tools um there's only a, they only let you have a certain amount of slots mm. so for example something like fl you have a shit ton of slots you I could think it's like what 10 or 12 or something like that i want I, and then also i think you can route that to another channel and exactly then, right yeah so i think pro tools i don't know for sure but i think pro tools only lets you have a certain amount because it's like hey dude <laughs> if you use any more than this you're kind of just fucking it up so i don't know if that's by design and i'm i'm sure i could just reroute or whatever but i usually try to only keep it limited to like whatever number that they're giving me because mm. obvi- i'm just trusting the software at this point i'm like okay if you don't want me to have more than this many plugins and on this one track then i'm not gonna use that so yeah. many plugins um so for 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 hector's vocals it's um, taking I, out a lot of yeah lot it's of, a lot of the bass bro because his vocals are legendary bro yeah so and also i mean his vocals are a thing where it's like if you got to really make sure you get a good take of it because um 
because sometimes he'll come in really really hard yeah i noticed that dude or soft he'll come in soft and then pick it up later on yeah so a lot of the things that i always try to remind him is like hey man just come in a little softer because sometimes it like right off the gate it's like so aggressive but um yeah i mean what else i mean that's that's what i use for like a vocal chain for sure in terms of mastering that's like something completely different that's always like changing for me like i don't think i figured out i i have a an idea of what my my uh, master chain looks like but it really honestly depends on the song mm. and, an, and a tip that i've always kind of heard is that you never want to uh master on your mix on your mix project so for example you you recorded everything and and whatever whatever um basically what you're supposed to do at least this is what they say is you're supposed to open up another project file yeah. bounce out the mix version and then master it on there that's actually something that i experimented with not just like hearing it but just experimenting and then yeah so i bounced it to a the, another project file and then i would eq off of that bounced yeah. file so i mean that's what that's, that's interesting i mean that's what you're i that's what you're supposed to do i mean if you google it right now it's like um should you be mastering while you're mixing no you shouldn't but i do it uh, i think everybody that yeah, I've, i do that, that as I, well yeah i was like i think everybody that i know does that yeah but uh something like the eyes ozone 8 it's specifically for you to just upload the mix file and master it on there mm. so ozone 8 is like something that i used to master um there's other plugins that i used to master but the most notable one on there the beefier one is ozone 8 which is also a standalone plugin so basically i could open it up on my computer without using a daw and just slap on like the mixed uh version of whatever that i'm using mm. but i don't tend to do that like i said I, I mix i mix and master on the project file which you're not supposed to do for two reasons one of them it, it's just a lot of going back and forth and you're just never going to finish if you're doing that the other is that it uses a lot of cpu depending on like whatever what daw you're using so for example um i know i'm saying that i use pro tools a lot but i really fucking hate pro tools for one it takes it uses so much cpu that sometimes um it, it slows down my computer and i know somebody else who uses pro tools and they they have like a super computer like like you got over there you know what mm -hmm. i mean like like where it requires something more like that for, to be able to run it um or um but whenever i i master on something else say like on reason i have no problem so i don't know if it's just the software or mm. i don't know but i if you want to use pro tools you could use it use it i mean it's the professional thing it's what any studio you go i think logic also is like up there now because logic is basically like a it's like pro upgraded garage was is it upgraded garage band or is that pro tools no so logic is it's it's by it's by apple yeah. i think that's another that's like a, one of those uh daws now that's like you, that you're gonna see like in um a lot of professionals use uh-huh um but pro tools is just like this it's a it's a dinosaur it's a really I, I i still use pro tools over everything but i admittedly think it's a dinosaur it's it just takes up a lot of it uses a lot of unnecessary energy so like if you if you're looking into getting into pro tools do it if you want but just know that you gotta make sure you have like first of all like so much like uh 
your like storage space on your computer because that's sh- that shit's gonna eat it up and then um 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 yeah just i guess that's just really it. that's the only drawback is that if you don't have a strong enough computer it's, it's just gonna ruin your computer for sure uh pause real quick i gotta take a piss go for it all right <laughs> uh an hour and 10 minutes jesus yeah right oh damn we need a we need a we gotta wrap it up. We gotta wrap it up then, huh? All right, all right, all right. So, all right, cool. We'll just talk about a few more things and gotta go. All right, let's let me just sum up really quick something. Yeah. Um, buy Serato sample if you're interested in sampling, or or rip it. I don't really care. Um, sample from YouTube. Don't buy records. It's just expensive. Takes up real estate. And. You don't need Pro Tools. You could use, uh, if you have an Apple computer. Use FL. You could use uh, Logic. FL Studio. You could use Reason. You could use FL. I think John says he uses something called Bitwig. I haven't looked into it, but there's a lot of different DAWs you could use. You don't have to use Pro Tools. Also, because I get this question a lot from people, DistroKid. That's what I use to distribute my music. Mm-hmm. There's... I believe something called United Artists or United Masters or something like that. Or there's also a free option, which I don't remember what it's called. But this is for like everybody who texts who text me like, hey, how do you get your music on Apple Music? How do you get it on Spotify? DistroKid. That's what I use. Um, I recommend you use the the version that lets you put your label on there. Not the one that just says user blah, 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 blah. There's no other benefit other than that, I think. From I mean, at least for me, honestly, it just looks more professional. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. Show. All right. So I don't know how much time you have left, but I just want to briefly touch on Los Vig- Vigilantes. Yeah. Yeah. So what? How how does that go down? So Los Vigilantes is an idea I had like a uh, couple years ago, probably. And the idea of it was, was it was just going to be a beat tape that just incorporates like slices from this movie called Death Wish, which is a movie from the seventies. I believe there's like seven of them. I think they recently just tried to make a remake with Bruce Willis. I I don't really I didn't keep up with any of the newer ones, but um, so oh yeah yeah go for it. That's why I got it out. Hey. hey. So it's a uh, crushed up peanuts dipped oh, in chocolate. Sure. Okay. They're not really. They, I gave one to like uh, an artist that I was with just earlier, and she's like, "Oh, it's like a, it's like a Reese's cup." Yeah. yeah. It's like a Reese's cup. I love these getting these from the ice cream man, but I didn't know they they were covered in chocolate. Oh yeah. yeah. So um, every time I not every time, but whenever I go to Connor's, because there's a Mexican bodega across the street, so I'll just go in there and I'll buy these. Mm. So that's the only time I'll buy them. Other than that, like you shouldn't buy these. They're really bad for you. But that's anything that's like covered in chocolate. Honestly, yeah. it's just a lot of real, and this is real sugar because it's from like, it's a from it's a Mexican yeah brand. Mexico. But yeah, so Los Vigilantes, it's an idea I had like years ago where I just wanted to incorporate um, the movies Death Wish into like a beat tape, it's just something thematic, and so that's how it started. Was just me making beats around this movie that takes place in New York. It's really gritty. The one name that I, I forgot that stars in this is just Jeff Goldblum. He's in this mm. movie. He plays a rapist. 
shit. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So it came. It came from these movies. Um, Charles Charles Bronson's character's name is Paul Kersey mm. in this movie, and basically, um, his wife gets raped and murdered, and he it, he kind of breaks bad after that. He goes around just murking every like person and he could find that's like a Ser- mugger serial killer also people no, that are doing bad people are doing bad and so you know the new the press gets word of this that you know these muggers are getting you know killed and so they just dub him the vigilante and other than that i mean there's no real tie to the to the current project that we're working on because uh, we're we're not really i i mean it's still in its infancy the project isn't going to come out until like i mean april yeah that's like a a rough that's the rough estimate yeah. i mean if it was hector he would want to release it tomorrow but no <laughs> we're going to hector we're going to take our time with it cuz uh so far we have i think like six tracks recorded but out of those six tracks me personally i only like three and they could guess which ones i don't like <sighs> But, uh, well, well, fuck. And I'll keep going, keep going. So, um, you know, it's, there's three solid tracks. I don't know, uh, what, I mean, we haven't really talked about it, about, about if we're going to incorporate those movies into the, into the, um, into the project. Because before Lyra came on, because Lyra is just a new addition, um, from, from that one session that I had, I was like, yo, this, this guy could really wrap his ass off. Like, And then we kind of just brought him on. We brought him on to the project. We are just like, hey, you know. Because we had recorded one track before, which is called Start New, which initially that was going to be the first single. But we had trouble um, finding a feature to record on. So we had gone through some names, of course, like we were thinking about local artists, uh, once, one specifically that we were, we were really excited about and who we actually brought the idea to was Contra, Sorry. which is, uh, the, you know, he's part of the 805 Live, uh, he o- owns, operates the lab. Yeah. So we initially, you know, brought it to him and he was down, but you know, sometimes for no specific reasons, things just don't happen. It's not because of beef it's not because of of uh you know anything like that it's just sometimes things just don't happen things just don't line up and yeah yeah Yeah. schedules don't line up what we're doing just doesn't line up Mm -hmm. so um he you know it's just it's like and i wish i could play it for you but it's a really great song that we have that just because what hector had originally written for the second verse i I don't think we were really digging because the first verse was just so good um we were just like yo um the second verse just isn't hitting as great as the first one so we we always knew it was going to be somebody rapping the second verse and obviously i pitched it to esperancito i pitched it to some other artists that i know but you know again schedules just don't line up so then just recently since we added lyra to the project we're just like hey uh write a second verse to this and he did and luckily we're now we're compl- I, we haven't, I don't think we recorded it yet but you know it's just one of those tracks that are gonna be really great I know it's gonna be really great and I just can't wait for people to hear it and then also with the art and shit 
you, yeah. with the art your is it your fiance yeah your fiance is doing the art did the art for the cover yeah oh actually that's not even the cover no that's not the cover no so um what we're going to do is because we really want to flesh this out and just make people aware of it is that is that we want to attach art to to like leading up to the release so um a lot of the art inspiration that we're you know we're taking this from is nardcore the nardcore movement ox you know it's heavily associated with oxnard it's like i think the thing oxnard is really known for other than like you know the also the hip-hop scene that we have over here we have this punk rock scene and even though even though like i would love to draw inspiration from the hip-hop scene like you know mad mad lib and you know that kind of imagery that he does it's just like i don't know that's his hip-hop thing yeah like and even though you know nardcore um even though the stuff we're doing isn't really punk rock um we all just have like this genuine love for like that scene and it's so representative of oxnard and with this project we want to be representative of oxnard we're just kind of like paying homage to that imagery and that style which is uh the art that we're going to be putting out uh, with this project is going to be it's just homage to nardcore and hopefully we don't get in trouble with any of the nardcore guys because we will be using um their ox symbol yeah um calavelli um the guy who was in here the other day his pops is in ill repute mm. a nardcore band and i was asking him like hey like you know how mad would they be if we used you know that symbol like what do you think like do we need a cosign what, what do you think and you know just i think the general vibe is just like you know they're very predictive of their shit yeah so like you know i think i think we could still be able to pay homage to that art but i think we just wouldn't be able to make any money off of it mm. i think that i think that's the thinking but i really don't know that's still like too ahead ahead yeah but for yeah, right now yeah, yeah. the art that's coming out um with the music is just nardcore imagery so if you look at it and you're just like oh that's cool like yeah that's cool but that's also nardcore like it's it's that nardcore imagery that we're taking inspiration from for sure for sure and yeah. It's, uh, yeah it's dope that you know oxnard it's just paying homage to to oxnard yeah. and the whole scene yeah yeah and the whole nardcore scene that's so honestly all what it is, is just yeah. we just want to pay homage to like the music that we love well i mean i, I guess i'm just speaking for myself right now is um I want to pay homage to like the music that I love that, that I grew up uh, that's representative of the city that I grew up in and I don't know what better way to do that is, is than Nardcore sure like I don't see it I mean I'm not seeing myself as some kind of outcast or some kind of punk rock dude right now or anything like that but it's like it's like I don't know that's well, in a way hip-hop is sort of uh, punk in a way no yeah, well, definitely is. I mean the style of production that I had originally for um of los vigilantes which was something that i resurrected with hector um last year where i i sent him like 20 beats like, it was like these really gritty uh new york style like my style of production type of beats yeah and i was telling him like you know this is what's good los vigilantes is gonna be it's just gonna be that gritty new york 70s grime like the movies it's just gonna be disgusting mm -hmm. that's what that's originally what it was gonna be but now um when i listen to what the project is is in the direction that it's going so far it's a it's still it's still hip-hop but it's a lot more cleaner 
it's cleaner sounds and i and that has to do with like um connor because you know um I guess that's what it is when you're co-producing something. It's just like you you gotta accept that like you know, two people have different styles and they're coming at it in a different way. But I'm not knocking him because uh this one track that we have where I came to him with like a beat and he was like, hey, let's add something to it. It ends so thematically that I'm just kind of like, fuck. That's like, the one where he threw the piano on at yeah, the end, the right? Piano, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was, f- yeah. So he threw that in there and it just made it so thematically and his production also the way he he makes drums and 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 all that stuff is just amazing to watch him work like that where it's like me who like sometimes I'll just throw like a sloppy one two one two because you know that's that's where I'm coming from from a production point where it's like I like that how that sounds but hearing him clean up some of the beats that I give him like some of the stems that I've given him is just like amazing and what's also cool is um I was just in the studio with him like earlier earlier today and this one song that we're working on which is completely different from my style it's like very R&B it's like an R&B type type of song where we're having i believe two singers now sing over and it's just like well this this is a lot crazier than like i don't know like i don't think i would have what i'm saying is like i don't think i would have gotten to that point in in production without him because um for the longest time it's like you're kind of in an echo chamber of like people telling you like oh shit your beats are dope beats are dope like oh shit like the your your, the pocket that you're in is great but but i was never really challenging myself until like you know i started co-producing with him where it's like um I'm more open to like those hi hats that are just, you know, those crazy hi hats that just that have that trap swing and shit like that. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, yeah, man, like just it's uh, for me outside looking in, it's dope um, as a fan as well. And just seeing what you guys are doing with Connor, you, Lyra. Hector, it's a great combination of fucking people. Yeah, I mean, and um, so so one thing that I do want to add about Los Vigilantes, it's not we're not that's not our band. Like we're no, not, no, no, we're not. We're, you know what I mean? It's it's a, I mean, I I mean, just the other week we were kind of discussing what is the Vigilantes? What is that? Is that like our group name? No, I don't want it to be our group. Yeah, like, you know I mean that's fucking weird. No, I th- I think what it what. It, what it sh- probably should be is just a collective of artists That's so dope. for this first tape i mean the idea is it's going to be me um me connor on production lyra and and hector on on vocals but what we but you know just thinking ahead for the second tape we want it we want to be we want to add more people it's we want to we don't want to just you know hector and uh and uh lyric to be rapping when we want i don't know just throwing names out there like people like omega nova or like yeah. uh you know enzyme you know people like that we want to invite more people to it because um i don't know i think the vigilantes is just like a really could be like a great thing for oxnard for sure but yeah the the combination of you guys and even if it's not a group it's um um two dope ass producers and two dope ass lyricists coming together i think that's yeah. really cool and I, I i don't know like i really like lyrics uh inclusion in this because it was just going to be hack doing everything but now that we have lyra who's a really great lyricist like i can't even like tell you how many times like we've recorded something and then 
there's like a line that he says it just fucking completely blows my mind and hector too just recently he had this line about like a universe inside everybody some shit like that and i was just like fuck shit yeah so i mean show um any so any projects that you want to promote or where can people follow your your stuff so people could follow me on instagram the real miggy that's it it's just da real miggy i think that's what i am on all social medias so i mean uh, my twitter is private but i mean i guess if you want to go look at it you can um and on streaming services i'm the real miggy and yeah i mean we have a project coming out sometime in april the first single comes out on the 28th this january january you know january 28th um yeah if you want to work i'm open to working you just got to hit me up and catch me on a good day that's really it honestly that's that's all it's ever been it's like just catch me on a good day and i'll say yes so do you want to play the yeah let's play it let's play it just so people i mean just so people can get an, an understanding of like what my production is You're gonna have to like adjust the volume, like here and there, because I know the first two were so- was literally just something that I made today, and then the last couple things, the way that it ends, are just like things that I made the other day that are more like mastered than. Yeah. When when was this made, and when uh, what inspired it? Um. Well, the first two were just I was in a studio session, so and you can't really just play anything i had headphones on and sometimes the recording process is just so boring and you just want to do something so i was just making beats while they were recording and the other two were just um one of them was from like a crate digging that i did with uh with connor and the other one i believe is just something that i made maybe two days ago so it's no real inspiration it's just i'm always making beats that's what i'm always doing Mm. Like there isn't a day where I'm I'm not trying to make something. Sure, for yeah. sure, for sure. All right, it's almost it's almost uh, uploaded.
Oh, <laughs> I was lit. All right, man. All right. Peace out. All right. Peace out, man.